and we're live with Be Green with Amy. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to Be Green with Amy. I'm Amy. After adopting a whole food plant-based lifestyle, my hubby Rick and I lost 130 pounds. So now I coach others on their plant-based journey. So please click like, share. You can post comments for our guests and questions. Tell us where you're from. You could even type in, be strong, be well, and be green. Just a voice. Let's welcome our guest. Elizabeth Fontaine, MD, is passionate about using a whole food, plant-based diet and other lifestyle medicine modalities to help people get healthier, get off medications, and live longer, fuller lives. Her pre-medical background was in obesity management and exercise physiology. Please click like and share to help Be Green with Amy. Welcome, Dr. Elizabeth Fontaine. Greetings, Dr. Fontaine. (laughs) I'm glad that you're here. You're one of our special guests that you've come back a few different times to talk about lots of really interesting topics about our health. You are a physician, you're a medical doctor, you're also plant-based, and you also are an OBGYN. But not only that, you have some interesting background that has to do with today's topic, which is exercise. Can you tell our audience about that? Yeah, so so glad to be back. It's such a fun uh, group to be with. So yes, it's uh, with our discussion together, we realized that uh, I started prior to my medical school. Um, I did uh, what you call here kinesiology, and um, and then I pursue after my uh, degree and doing a master into uh, the domain of obesity and exercise physiology. So everything that I am doing now started with really a foundation of exercise. Uh, I was passionate about running and I became a pretty decent marathon runner. Um, And, um, you know, with age, I move on to uh, bike and doing a lot of traveling with bike and weight training. So I'm in my room during the winter time. I do a little bit more weight, more stability, more flexibility. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. But this is where everything that I've done started. I start with that. Then I went to medical school. Then I did my specialty in OBGYN. I was very passionate about helping my patient, changing their lifestyle. Lots of uh, emphasis on movement. Uh, And then eventually joined American College of Lifestyle Medicine and realized the importance of the uh, plant-based. So I think that Fits, just fits all together. So I'm, I'm happy to be able to offer that to, uh, to you, your uh, people, and to all my patients. You know, when choosing a doctor, there's really not much that people can go by. I know for me, when I moved into a new area, I was looking at the photographs of the doctors. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> interesting. Um, I guess I'm going to have to change my picture now that I know it. No, I is. wanted to see that they looked healthy. Okay. And, right. And there, I mean, there were doctors that I was looking at that they didn't look like they were healthy. So I didn't think that they could help me optimize my health if they weren't mm-hmm. optimizing theirs. So I'm not, I'm not going to go into detail other than, well, you are with plant-based telehealth. So I could have a consult with you, but I couldn't have a, a physical one-on-one consult with you. For me to have that checkup in that way, I was searching for doctors in my area. But it is nice to know that people can go to plant-based telehealth 
and meet with a doctor like you that walks the walk and knows how to take care of themselves. And if you had a question about exercise and how to eat properly or anything like that, that's something else that you could discuss with these patients, which is, it's very refreshing and really nice. That so, it's, a, it's a good compliment. I hear what you're saying when you, um, you know, say, I want to go local and see my physician that will do the baseline of what I need. But then there's this above and beyond where, and you know, we often say, and we discuss it together, optimal health, where it's interesting to, okay, where are you at and where can I bring you so that you, you, you really stay healthy, remain healthy and being careful for any injuries. So that's why it's important to have the chance to discuss a little bit above and beyond of what your annually exam consists of. I encourage people to go on plantbasedtelehealth.com and you can speak to one of the doctors and have a just one consult. You don't even have to have a subscription. You can just have one and done or you can have it's kind of like an a la carte thing, which is really nice. So, but we're here to talk about exercise and it's so cool that you, you have so much knowledge in so many areas. And then to top it off, you're very knowledgeable about exercise. And oftentimes we adopt this plant-based lifestyle or trying to eat healthier and it makes you kind of want to do better. And then you start thinking about the other areas of your life that you might want to optimize. And sometimes exercise is one of those things that comes to mind but if you haven't been active or if you haven't been active in a very long time, you could have injury. And, and there's just so many mysteries to exercise. So what I wanted to do was I, we have our game, which is called True or False. And we do that with our listeners and viewers. So that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to have our True or False game. Just Test Voice is going to tell us about that. It's time for True or False on Be Green with Amy Live. Answer true or false to Amy's questions in the comments below. And Amy will ask our guest for the expert answer. Okay, so our first question is true or false. The best exercise for weight loss is cardio. Oh my goodness. I think that's a really good question. So guys, just type in your answer. And while you're typing in, Dr. Fontaine, can you answer that question for us? Well, you know, it, you always ask those questions where it could be easy to say one side or the other. So, you know, I think that in the mind of people that often what they want to think is cardio, but cardio, it all depends how much you're doing. If you are uh, doing cardio and you do six, seven hours, like uh, some time you can see on the guy that I do in the Tour de France, hey, you're probably going to lose a lot of weight. Um, but I think that the, the good balance really uh, between doing some cardio, which could be walking, running, biking, and doing some uh, weight resistant is important because we've discussed that in the other presentation where we were discussing osteoporosis. You got to be able to maintain your muscle mass to help the bone mass and muscle is what's burning uh, the energy. So therefore, that's why the uh, weight training a little bit in the resistance doesn't need like you have to lift heavy weight, but just the band and something to that effect could be really, really, really good as well. I think that's what people are trying to do. And they have that saying that a lot of the doctors will say you can't outrun a bad diet. I guess cardio could be good for weight loss, but you also have to make sure that, <laughs> that you're not overdoing it on the calories too. So here's another true or false question. True or false crunches are the best exercise for tightening abdominal muscles 
and flattening the tummy bulge. Wow, this is something that a lot of people want to know about. And that's all they think. Oh, I got to get rid of that bulge. So I got to do some crunches. So what do you say, Dr. Fontaine? Yeah, I guess I'll have to say it. it's it's a false thinking about that. So you can certainly do a lot of crunch and that will give you uh, potentially a six pack that will be hidden behind the uh, potential abdominal fat. But uh, that is not what's going to make your abdomen being flat. Uh, flat. So a lot of time we have uh, accumulation of fat that could be just under the skin that we call subcutaneous and sometimes fat that is more accumulated inside the abdomen. That's the one that's a little bit more inflamed and you can do as much uh, crunch as you want. It's not going to take care of that kind of fat. So uh, the best thing on that again will be prevention. Exercise is amazing, but prevention uh, is the best. Uh, and, and it doesn't, you know, um, in, in itself, uh, you know, people think about exercise for weight loss, but don't forget that exercise is amazing to, uh, keep your cardio, um, in, in good shape. So that that's huge. You got to make sure that you're not only thinking about eating well, which is amazing, but that you, uh, um, put some movement into your life. So we don't like to discuss as much in saying exercise than trying to talk about movement uh, to encourage people just to, to be active as opposed to definitely uh, go for, let's say, a half hour uh, gung-ho in the, in the gym. I think that's important. Andrea had a question. She said, my neck hurts when I do sit-ups. Is there proper form? Yeah, so, so you know, that's a good example. Too bad that it would be easier for me to demonstrate maybe. But, you know, so we have a tendency when we do sit up to, to put our neck folded and, and bring it like that. That's, that's, and, and bring it to the knee. So that is not exactly what you want to do. So, you know, when you are, let's say, on your back, you want to put your hand. You don't have to put behind your head, but you want to put and lift the shoulder. So that your head, neck, stays straight. So see what you're doing? You lift the shoulder. You don't do this. You don't fold it so that you prevent injury to your neck. I don't, maybe the demonstration is not as good as if I was laying down, but uh, that is the way to be careful. I still see a lot of people that are doing the sit-up with uh, their neck, uh, you know, uh, folded in the front, and that, that will cause some pain. So make sure that you lift the shoulder, keep that head straight up. That's good advice. I like to do different workout videos, and it's so fun how some of the coaches on these videos, they kind of know, anticipate maybe your form might not be good during a certain part of the exercise. And so often during a lot of the different exercises that I do, they'll say, Keep your chin off your chest. And it Correct. seems like, yeah. So, and, and then, and I'll be like, oh, okay. <laughs> True. <laughs> you True. catch yourself doing that. And so I guess maybe you'd have to think of where to put your, focus your eyes too, when you're doing that, that crunch, right? So making exactly. sure that you're not so looking. You're right. You're looking up, you know, instead of, so you, you fix something that is higher so that you can just stay in the right position. And you're right. Yeah. Nowadays, the, uh, you know, uh, the video that we look, they're really paying attention to the form. So it's very good, very different than what uh, we used to have in the past. You know, I, I wanted to give you a little comment. I love your band, but I think you need to have a band that will say Be Green with Amy. That's the one. You need to have that. I, yeah, need, a green I with need a little some bit of Be pink. Green with Amy stuff. 
t-shirts yep good idea and everybody's gonna have it when we go and do our exercise yes. talking about exercise let's do this let's do it okay i'm gonna put that in the good idea list <laughs> okay oh here's another true or false guys get ready true or false before working out you should stretch to prevent injuries. Okay, what do you say, Dr. Fontaine? Yeah, that's an interesting one. We used to stretch all the time and then sudden before doing any kind of exercise. And then suddenly you had all these research that said that you don't need to stretch as much. I still encourage people to be careful. You, It's not a good idea, especially if you want to go into an, uh, you know, a, a strenuous type of exercise. Uh, it's important to, uh, to stretch. A little bit before um, you go, so the, it doesn't have to be a half-hour stretch. Uh, a good, a little ten minutes to get you going, or even walking prior to. It's good, good advice. I think a lot of people would think that stretching means that they're supposed to be touching their toes or some kind of crazy move, but it's just to get the blood circulating and moving. So it's not necessarily making yourself into a pretzel to be a stretch. Oh, I wish I could do that. <laughs> I've lost my uh, ability to be a pretzel uh, uh, with age. Uh, uh, I've never been. I've never been. I was a runner. A runner oh. is in, in in itself. It's it's not very common that a runner will have uh, good flexibility, oh. uh, and therefore with running quite a bit, I've never been very good uh, in flexibility. But I still do my yoga and my yeah. Pilates and. Just to, uh, you know, push a little bit uh, and not exaggerating, but wanted to keep my uh, flexibility, which we lose easily with aging. Yes, we do. And it's been, always been a dream of mine to be able to do things like doing the splits. So I have been working on that a lot. And I've actually to made do, to do the splits. Yeah. yeah. And I've actually oh, made wow. some progress where, I mean, I'm not an Olympian, but I'm I'm getting there. And I, I just every day I just say, I'm going to, I'm going to do a little work on doing the splits just to, and then it's been a long time. I took some, we need, we need to have a camera where you uh, go on the floor <laughs> and show us the split. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I should, I should. I have it in my blog. I should, I'll put that in my blog with, because I, I announced this event in my blog and I'll put some of those pictures in there. I also, I have a thing that if people want some free recipes, they can type in be green with Amy slash join. And I send them a series of recipes and I have some of those pictures that I send them just to kind of encourage them and, and show them that it's never too late. You can always, and it's, what do you think? I mean, it's, even though we, we decline with age, but it's never too late to improve your strength. Would you say that, Dr. Fontaine? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's so important. It's even more important. Uh, you know, things that were natural when we were younger and we think we don't have to make an effort. But the more you age, the more it is important because there's such a substantial difference between the people that had remained active and it doesn't mean you have to run a triathlon or marathon in order to be active. But between doing some activity versus doing nothing, you can see a substantial difference. These people are more able to continue their day-to-day -day life routine, uh, which sometimes appear to be simple. But, you know, being able to shovel the snow, go to the grocery, go and get your, pull, your mail. I do a lot of work with people that are older and sometimes it's a limiting factor just to go get your mail i'm like you we really have to encourage people 
to put into their schedule a time where they take it for themselves so they enjoy it. But probably the biggest thing that I tell people is don't force yourself to do an activity just because everybody else is doing it. It's not because everybody's doing Peloton that you have to do Peloton. There might be something else that you have much more interest, and that's what you need to focus on. So I have one of the person that I'm helping. She uh, used to be a tap dancer and finally said, she said, you know what, I wonder if I could find a tap dancing class. I said, yeah, let's do this. And now she's doing her tap dancing. I'm like, perfect. This is what works for you. Otherwise, activity. And she had a peloton at home. So yeah, I can do that. But obviously, that was not what brought um, her to move. The, the tap dancing was just perfect. So Yeah, that reminds me how when I was a child, I tried to hula hoop and I wasn't successful. So I, of course, thought that I just wasn't one of those people that could. And as an adult, I found out that to do a hula hoop successfully, you need a, a larger diameter hula hoop because you don't have to work as hard to make it go around. And so as a beginner, you can start with a much larger hula hoop. And then as you progress, you can work your way down to a smaller one in diameter. So I did that. I started to learn how to hula hoop. And you can go on YouTube and see all kinds of people showing you with instructional videos. And it's not just hula hooping around your waist. You can raise your arms up in the air and hula hoop and you can pass it around you. And there's just a lot of different things. And it's kind of a dance form. And when I was doing it, the time just, even though I was, you know, perspiring and I was a little out of breath sometimes, the time just kind of flew by and I didn't really feel like I was exercising. I just felt like I was having fun. Exactly. Exactly. I actually went to see uh, my daughter and they have the, you know, the kids always have these things on uh, video and they had that game where you had to follow the dancer and to tell you the truth with the music, which is fun. She really likes that. So I said, I'm going to try it. I have to admit that was a good exercise because, you know, you had to follow and so even if you, um, you know, we, we always envision uh, exercise has to be, uh, you know, we see people that are so good in one of their activity. They're the best in, in running. They're the best in weightlifting. And we, it's hard for us to realize what is it that we can do. We, we can do so many things that, uh, you know, just gardening, just cut, cutting, go, go outside, cutting trees, cleaning is, is, is an activity that helps to spend calories as opposed to focusing on a half hour like i said earlier go to the gym and then the rest of the day you're not active multiply all these little movement during the day has a substantial impact on your um, health and, and and maintaining your weight i learned a trick from someone that i had interviewed and she had said that she keeps hand weights near her computer so she could just be watching a video or something and just pick up the hand weight and just do a few reps there. And some people even like to keep them all over the house so that when they're sitting by the TV, you know, every time a commercial comes on, they pick up the hand weight. And it doesn't have to be heavy. It could even be a one pound thing or maybe a can of vegetables or something. What do you say? used to watch TV and when there was a break, you know, there was break. Now they skip all the, the break. But you're yeah. right. When there was a break, people would stand and take those weights and do the weights. Now people can skip they the can breaks, so they yeah. don't do it. But it's such a, a beautiful example. This is simple uh, and it works. And, and probably one of the messages, don't start 
with the mind that you're going to do, let's say, I'm going to go for an hour. If you haven't done anything and you want to start being active, start with little. You know, it's always the question of the power of, of habits. I was just reading, I love the, I have huge interest on the habits because I think that's what make a big difference of allowing people to do something. So there's a the book that uh, Atomic Habits from, uh, I think it's James Green. It's, it's just these explanation again of starting with one little thing at a time. Just as simple as put your running shoes beside your bed. The first few days, just look at them and then put them and go for a minute or two. That seems to be crazy simple, but it developed the habits. And then eventually it's going to be five and five is going to be 10 and then up to what you're looking for. So start simple, start with little and then keep increasing. And eventually you're going to get where you want to be. Same thing for people that want to do it five kilometers or it's all the same. You got to start simple, little bit, and then you keep increasing. And eventually you become, um, you know, you might be able to run your first 5K. Yes, just little by little. It's, it's amazing what you can work up to. And we were talking a little bit about aging. And it's so important, especially people who are concerned, and we can get into the osteoporosis too, but people as they age, especially are concerned about falling. Would you say that it would be important to do good exercises for balance? Amy wanted to know what are good exercises for balance? Mm -hmm. No, I, I totally agree. Uh, balance is important. You know, when you think about osteoporosis, we often think about diet and the prevention, which we have discussed and to do the weight bearing exercise in order to uh, maintain muscle mass. Um, but one of the thing is prevention too, and prevention is how you can, you know, maintain your balance. So a lot of uh, exercise, you can certainly try to do some exercise on, on one leg. Um, and you don't have to start with any weight, but just the balance on, on one leg, like a, um, um, got a blank here of the uh, exercise that I want to name. But, you know, if you bring, if you, if you just bring your body down on one leg and let, lift the other back leg uh, up like, uh, and then, you know, it, it forces you into your balance and then you switch to the other leg. Like, it's like a one uh, leg deadlift. I don't know if people know what a deadlift is, but, you know, you kind of slide your weight into the front of your legs when you do a deadlift. So if you do it on one leg, so you got to you got to put the stability on one leg and just go down very easily on one leg. You don't even have to have weight and to do that and alternate. The other thing that is sometimes very difficult to do on balance is being able to put one foot in front of the other one without making any effort of closing your eyes to start with. You can actually do this. And then the other after is to try to do it with closing your eyes. I will wow. tell you that it is simple. You're staying right there, one foot right in front of the other. Don't try closing your eyes at first and then try very gently and then try keeping your arms. You're going to see it takes a few seconds and you off balance. So it's simple. Uh, little thing or just when you stand up usually from uh, you know being on the ground attempt to do it on one leg you're going to see it. it's very challenging if you look at the blue zone 
um, and you look at uh, some of the video that demonstrate people from uh, China that are able to live up to, you know, 90, they can stand up from, you know, your legs across, they're able to stand up from sitting up. That is not only balance, but it's strength that they've kept without going to the gym. These people are just keeping their form by doing this simple movement every day. So um, balance is huge. There's a lot of uh, exercise or, uh, that you can do also with the, what they call the Tai Chi. So, uh, you know, you can see the uh, Chinese group doing that where they do very slow movement and they're, it's very slow, but it often will go from one leg to another and that you really need to have some um, excellent balance to do that. So those are very, very, uh, you know, when you look at it, you think, oh my gosh, I'm not going to do that. This is not very active. This is the perception we have as North American because we want action. We want to go fast. We want to do kickboxing. We want to do things very quickly. Uh, but if you look at them, you know, they go very slow and the majority that do that, they're pretty slim. <laughs> they, they have this an amazing balance and at the same time, use a lot of meditation in order to um, being able to keep their balance and their flow. So that's uh, an amazing way to do that as well with the Tai Chi. Yeah, I, I have a video on that because when I was meeting in person with my plant-based group, we'd have different guest speakers and we had a woman actually demonstrate the Tai Chi and I felt the same way about it. I said, oh, this is going to be easy, boring kind of thing. But I got up there and did it, the whole group did it with her. I consider myself pretty decent shape and I do all kinds of workouts every day and I was really amazed she was older than me she just made it look like it was just a very boring simple thing to do and when I followed exactly. along I could believe it the and oh. this person by having such an amazing balance the good thing is that it shows that it it's such an amazing a way to prevent fall and for the, mid, the women that have a high risk of osteoporosis as we age, our biggest problem is falling. You know, if we, if we don't have the balance and it, you don't need to, you don't need to go skiing and hit a tree. Most of people I see is a simple little fall in their house where the balance, you know, was not perfect. And, and then the accident came. So, um, yeah, Tai Chi, you can do it at home. You can do a YouTube video and learn it. And it would be an amazing form of uh, balance exercise. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and they say also that we tend to not move, walk in all directions, that we usually are walking forward and that we don't very often walk sideways to either side or even backwards. So maybe that's something that people could try to, it, when they're in a safe place, when there aren't things around them that they can trip on. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> a, that's a to... good compliment of the one leg balance in Tai Chi, you're right. And, you know, uh, and, and again, you can do it uh, while you're uh, listening to your radio, cooking, waiting for something to be ready. You know, it's all these things that we tend to uh, forget that uh, you can move while you're doing something else. It's, it's just part of uh, 
you know, our life to be a little bit more on the side of being sedentary as opposed to, uh, you know, the movement. Okay, so then we were talking a little bit about weights, and we have another true or false question, guys. True or false, women should lift lower weights and do higher repetitions than men. So what do you think about that, Dr. Well, I don't know if it's true or false. And you have to think that women has a little bit less, uh, you know, muscle density than, than men. So... Um, even if I want to lift, uh, and I do lift probably more often than my husband, I'm sure that he can just come and, and do a more, you know, heavier than, than I can. So that's just the way we're built. Um, there is women, however, that are, you know, much stronger than, than men. They have a good muscle mass, but it's, it's not very common. You know, we're usually going to see uh, women that have less muscle mass. And there's no reason why it would be um, you know, less repetition. It, it's it's what you decide to do. And as long as you do it in a progressive way, uh, you can do exactly the same uh, as men, maybe with a lesser weight that I will admit that you cannot, you know, lift as heavy as uh, the men would be able to. What is the difference between crunches and sit-ups? But, you know, it's a different way to, to say it. But, you know, in itself, uh, I think that people... Uh, use the same, um, I mean, it, to me, it, it's pretty much the same crunch okay. and, and sit-ups, just the way you position yourself. And you sit-up is what we used to say 40 years ago. Now we see crunch. It's, it's just a different terminology, but I don't see it as being different, at least for me. Okay. Another thing that people have asked me about and is these protein supplements because it, they get active and they think that they have to have these protein powders. And what do you say to that? So, you know, it all depends how much you're able to, if you have a good diet and you're able to, uh, you know, and we know that there's sufficient amount of, uh, of protein into a plant-based diet. There's a, there's actually a good book that just came in July. There's multiple book on plant-based and exercise, but there's a new one. And I, my the name of the author just but if you know, if you look on their Amazon plant based and exercise it's going to come to you and and you have all the names is that of, the one with uh, Robert Cheek and Matt Matt Fraser and Robert Cheek yeah that, that that's it uh -huh. Uh -huh. and and so they name in their chapter all the amazing athlete that we all know professional or amateur that are now plant based and have a you know good muscle mass and I. I will have to say that they don't discuss that they're taking any protein supplement. They just supplement with a good plant-based diet. So as an example, you can use, uh, you know, the Sir Williams, uh, the sister Williams, Serena Williams that are tennis player that are, you know, very nicely built. Uh, you have Tom Brady, which is, you know, quarterback and is an amazing football player. There's, there's multiple athletes now that are going into this uh, uh, world of plant-based. They feel a lot better, less inflamed. They're, um, you know, having better results. So uh, it, it, make, it makes an amazing uh, difference. And um, from what I've read, I don't see that they're taking any supplement. Am I against the supplement? No, I think that if it's something that allows you to, uh, you know, Mix your fruits and your greens and put a little bit of supplement and drink it with uh, your preferred, you know, um, oat milk or soy milk. It, I don't think it's negative. 
Uh, are you going to come out being uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger after you drink? Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> but it's okay. if you. And there is some plant-based now. I've looked into it. There's some plant-based uh, protein. So if it's something that uh, interests you, uh, you're going to be careful. There's usually lots of uh, carbs that could be a little bit more than what you want. So just to keep an eye on it. Emily wants to know, what should I eat before exercising in the morning? Should I eat anything at all? What about recovery drink and food? That's a good Yeah, question. that's a very good question. Um, and, and sometimes it could be very personal. So when I was training more in the morning, I would tend to uh, drink a little bit of water and not eat too much because if, if you want, and when I was running, especially when it was a running exercise, it's hard to run after you ate, uh, you know, meal. It could be a little something, you know, like half a banana is okay, but it's very hard to eat uh, before you do aerobic exercise. Now, if you are planning, let's say for a weight training exercise, you might be able to have, you know, a breakfast or even going biking for me, I'm able to eat before uh, I go biking because it's not the same as, as being, you know, running. It all depends on more, also on how much you're gonna do. So usually if it's for a run, I probably won't eat too much. And it's not bad if you do not eat uh, before you go your exercise, as long as it's not a long, long exercise. Uh, when you come back, you know, it's fine to have uh, more carbs. So we're talking about carbs, the good carbs, you know, that you can eat a lot of fruits, uh, you know, and use some uh, fiber uh, as much as you can into this. So and you can certainly add some green into, uh, you know, we have a tendency to want to eat simply uh, um, sweet more in the morning, but it's fine to have to use and eat some greens, uh, eat some rice or oatmeal and, and lots of uh, fruits. Um, do, when you come back from exercise, that would be a good uh, way to start your day. Okay, well, that's good because a lot of people really, they, they worry about that. For me, before I adopted this whole food plant-based lifestyle, if I wanted to exercise in the morning, I couldn't do anything unless I had a meal because I would be so shaky. And I didn't realize it was because I just wasn't eating properly that I was just getting cravings for things and getting toxic hunger. It just, it was a totally different way. And now I can wake up in the morning, I make sure that I have some water, but I don't even eat anything and it doesn't even occur to me to eat. So it's, it's really nice to have stable blood sugar levels so but i'm not running a 5k or a 10 but, but that's a good point you know everybody yeah. you have to listen to your body um we're all different and uh, what works for me may not be working for you um so you got to be careful also the amount of exercise that you're going to do um so that you can um, you know feed your body properly okay good advice James says, I get cramps in one or both feet in my arch during exercise when jumping. Advice? Mm, cramps in both feet, like the plantar fasciitis kind of thing, I think. That's wow. what, uh, so, you know, that's definitely one of the things that you got to make sure if you have a tendency to cramps to, to stretch a little bit more and make sure that you're warm before you do the exercise. So, as an example, I'll use me because uh, it doesn't happen very often that I cramp in my foot. But if I'm trying to do yoga exercise or stretch and I'm on the mat and it is not as warm, um, I tend to get cool easy probably because I'm thin 
then I'll get some cramps. So be careful with that. Make sure that you um, that you're you know you're warm and that you stretch uh, quite a bit. One of the things that is good for the arch too is you simply take a tennis ball. And this one is good to do when you're sitting in front of the TV, in front of a computer, and just roll the ball under your feet in order to get the, uh, you know, the fascia under that we call the plantar fascia. That's the one that you want to help to stretch a little bit. Not easy to stretch, okay, compared to any other muscle, but to take care of it, just do the, what I just mentioned. Tennis ball, not too hard, soft, roll it back and forth under your feet. Oh, that's really great. See, you don't even have to go to a physical therapist. You can just do that at home, and that could be very well, helpful. Wait, wait a minute. Yeah, if right. there's pain, oh, yeah. you know, and that I'm not against a physical therapist, yeah. but, you know, just to uh, prevent discomfort. Very good. Glad. Thank you for clarifying. Okay, so here's an interesting question. Can you exercise after a COVID vaccine? Yeah, that's interesting. Good question. You know, it's definitely appropriate nowadays. So, um, you know, if you get it right after, most people won't have too much reaction right after, um, let's say one or two hours after. But, uh, you know, usually you'll say that the majority of people within the 24 hours will have a little something. It's, it's nothing major. For some people it is. But, you know, sometimes we'll have a little bit of fever and discomfort. So you may not feel like you want to exercise. It's not a contraindication. It's not like you cannot. But I don't think you will enjoy it, um, to, you know, to do the exercise after your COVID. Yeah. So I guess you just should listen to your body. Not dangerous. People just want to know. It's a good question. I'm glad that, that It that is. Yes, it uh, is a good question. Yeah. Okay. Here's something we can talk about. Matt wants to know, should I use a heart rate monitor during my workouts? Yeah, it all depends also of your condition. Uh, some, some people that have some, um, you know, some uh, health condition, you got to be careful and uh, the heart monitor is not a bad idea. That's for sure. And if you don't have a heart monitor, then, it, you know, you can have an idea of, uh, I always tell, uh, because I was an obstetrician, women will ask me, you know, is that okay if I do exercise? And I said, listen, as long as you're able to talk with people, um, you know, you, you, you can tell that, you know, your heart rate is not excessive. That was for obviously pregnant women. And um, for other people, you know, nowadays, these uh, heart monitors are so easy um, <clears throat> access that, uh, and, and they're not necessarily precise. So, so if you have a band monitor, they're much more precise than the one on the hand. Maybe they're getting better now, but I've tried some where there's a lot of variation. Um, so you've got to be careful with that. But, um, you know, not a bad idea. you got to be careful, obviously, to know a little bit about, you know, what should be around your heart rate, uh, depending on your age. So the um, usually we do uh, the easy calculation of 220 minus your age gives your maximal heart rate. And uh, don't necessarily play with the maximal heart rate. But that would be a good way for you to get an idea. Oh, wow, I'm close to the maximum here. You, you, you will know before you see the number. You know, when you're out of breath and you can even talk, that's a little too much. Okay, well, that's good to know. We just had someone send in a question asking about during pregnancy for exercise. What do you, what do you recommend? Yeah, I'm not, and you know, I'm all for exercise during pregnancy. I always encourage my patient to be active. It's really helpful. Um, probably a modification of their exercise 
Um, so I would always encourage more walking than uh, other sport. You know, you, you can try biking, but eventually the abdomen is so, you know, so much discomfort. But other aerobic type of exercise like uh, ski walking or things like that is okay. But again, like I mentioned earlier, you know, if you're able to maintain a conversation, your heart rate is not excessive. And that's fine. Do exercise, move a little bit during pregnancy. That's definitely a good. Uh, and there's new uh, type of uh, example, uh, yoga for pregnant women. Uh, there's all these have been adapted for women that are pregnant. So please, as long as you go to somebody who's been trained, uh, it's fine. That's good advice. I'm glad you talk about yoga. When I first began, because I, I do different types of exercises throughout the week, and on Sundays I do yoga because I don't like to have a rest day, but that's my personality if I, I'm all or nothing. But yoga really, it is a very good method for exercise, and I think people discount that. Do you want to talk about some of the benefits of yoga? Yeah, I'll say first thing that I heard from you, which is great, is that you vary a lot what you do. So by doing a lot of variation, you don't get bored and you decrease your risk of injury for uh, repetitively, let's say you're a runner and you run every day. That's, that's how you can uh, you know, get more uh, injury. So it's good to vary um, the exercise. Now, the other thing I heard from you too, so it's hard for you to take a day off, <laughs> which is usually not a bad idea, especially <clears throat> you know when I have athletes uh, my gosh, it's hard to let them know that the day off is as important as the training because we're increasing progressively. And, and I want to make sure that people understand that I'm happy to follow people that are more active, like doing exercise to a higher level. I've done that as well. But you have to teach that it is important to take a rest. The obviously for us and maybe for you as well. You're not, we're not as active. It's not the end of the world if we do exercise every day because we're not, you know, excessively active. Now, going back to what you're asking, yoga, definitely when I was younger, I would look at yoga like if it was the worst thing that I would do ever. Let's, let's be clear, that wasn't part of who I was. But when you age, you realize the importance of uh, what we discussed earlier, the flexibility uh, and uh, the balance. So I would definitely say that it does have a place. Um, it varies now, you know, you don't have to do an hour of yoga. Um, you can uh, have so many places where you can do your, let's say, weight training to uh, do a 15 minutes yoga at the end. Um, so you can add that to your exercise without feeling that you have to go for an hour, an hour and a half of yoga, which sometimes is a little bit difficult. Some of the, the, the pods are not easy, uh, but it's a good challenge. Definitely part of what we should be attempting. And to me, I put them in the same category as Pilates. Pilates is good as well. Pilates, I think I did it one time, but I think it's it, it kind of like yoga, but you're putting a lot of quick movements in. Is that yeah? Yeah, there is, uh, and to me, I like it for the. Um, I see there's the flow in yoga, but the Pilates is more a little bit more of the stretching and and definitely more core, um, where you work more into the core and the balance of the um, the body. So I, I hope that I'm saying it right. I don't want yoga teacher to think that I'm <laughs> not saying the right thing for them, but uh, that's how I see it myself for the Pilates. I like both. Uh -huh. But not every day. 
Right. I will admit that is not what I would do every day. Would I bike every day? Yep, I would. So that's just the way we are. That's the thing. If people could just keep trying different things, they may find something that they do enjoy doing. And like you said, that they would do every day and not even think about it. You know, it's such a good example. So January 1st is coming. Mm-hmm. And we know that there's going to be millions of people that will decide that they're going to do something. And I just want to encourage them. This is amazing. But please take time to listen to what I said earlier. Do not imagine yourself of doing five times a week, an hour, an hour and a half. That is not going to happen. You're going to, you know, fail after three weeks. You're going to decide this is it. I'm not doing this. So start very slow. Do one thing at a time. You know, maybe it's once a day. Like I said, put those running shoes right in front of you. Look at them. The day after, do for a minute, two minutes. It seems simple and crazy. At the end of the month, you're suddenly doing 15 minutes. At the end of three months, you've been able to do more. Please go progressively to be successful. Do not do like the majority and fail by putting too much on your plate. This is what the society of us now are doing. We want to do the biggest thing. We want to be the best of ourself but the best of ourself is going to fail if we put too much a uh, high of the um, level that we want to achieve very good guys listen to that but we encourage you to adopt an exercise program if you haven't but keep those things in mind when you're lifting weights let's say because i was showing earlier that i had these dumbbells here do you have to do it quickly or you do it slowly what is the form for when you're yeah. just doing <clears throat> so again that is uh, first personal, but there's different components depending of what you want to achieve um, in the age that you are. You know, some people want to get um, volume. They, they want to get big muscle. So eventually uh, you have to lift heavier, um, sometimes multiple repetition, and you have to be close to the, you know, the highest weight that you can lift. If you look at CrossFit, they tend to do their exercise very fast. This is the way that the CrossFit was, uh, you know, uh, made. And, and CrossFit in itself is, is uh, it, it, if you look at the beginning, it's basically to help people to be able to do their things on a day-to-day basis. So they, they adapt the exercise for that. It's interesting, but it's done pretty fast. So, it, you know, it all depends what, what's your goal. Um, depends how old you are also, because I don't think I would encourage, even if somebody is, let's say, 80 and want to get big muscle, I'm not going to say you go do CrossFit. That mean, I'm not saying that's impossible, but they say that mean it may not represent the best. So the thing is to start with a, a certain level. If you're able to lift five pounds and do it five times, and I'm not saying rushing, I think it is excellent in having the chance to take your time to go up. And then the eccentric, we call it eccentric move when you're putting it down. You're still building quite a bit of muscle when you do that. So you start with a smaller weight and then you progress not only with weight, but day-to-day repetition and series. So if you do one or two this week, maybe next week, you're going to do three times, five pounds, ten times. So three times, ten times time five gives you the chance to just to progress. So it is very um, difficult to really be precise on saying you are going to do this. We're all different. 
and it all depends what you want to achieve. So at my age, I have stopped in my mind to achieve that I was going to build muscle. I'm a, a small individual. I am actually much more muscle than the majority of people. I didn't show you my muscle for the size that I am, but I will never be somebody who's going to have, you know, big muscle. And I would never be able to be an excellent, uh, in CrossFit. You know, it, it, I had the build of a woman of, of a runner. I have long legs, a short, short body and tight little muscle muscle but that's just the way i am built so even if you are dreaming you you know you can dream but it doesn't mean it's going to get where you want we could talk a little bit about sarcopenia as far as how we age you want to talk a little bit about that since we were talking so about i muscle? think it goes through everything we've discussed but it is true that it's something that happened you know as we age um, as much as we talk about osteoporosis, we lost our bone mass and we're at risk of fracture. When we age, we tend to lose the muscle mass, uh, you know, just because of the aging. But the other reason is because we do not remain active. So if you were to, and we've, we've got some good example of population of, especially men, we don't see it as much in women, but it will happen, uh, of men that had continued doing their exercise they may not be as muscular as they were when they were younger, but they're definitely much more muscular than they would be if they were not doing anything. Sarcopenia is a big, big problem um, because the more we see it, the least people are able to do their activity, day-to-day -day activity. Talking about going to do, like I said earlier, the grocery, simple element that cannot be done because they're fatigued so early. So don't, and then we always think that it's never going to happen to us. It's always creeping on us. So please make sure that you make the effort to, um, you know, do exercise that will allow to maintain the muscle. And that doesn't mean that you have, again, to go to the gym and lift heavy weight, but just having bands and, and, and you know, even can that you, when you're cooking, doing those exercises allow you to maintain these uh, muscle. Now, it all depends who are the people that are listening. Some, some of your people are probably younger and they say, I want to do more than can, and that's fine. But, you know, when sarcopenia, the loss of muscle happens, it's usually more after 60s and, and then it keeps going. So it's very important that, you know, we maintain the, uh, the mass. I'm certainly doing different type of exercise than I used to do when I was younger. I was, you know, it was just natural to be a little bit more muscular when you're young. So the running was excellent. And then when you hit the 50, then you realize, wait, 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 wait a minute. I got to be careful here. And then you add things that may not seem to be too interesting at first. Uh, but then you kind of enjoy it to do some, a little bit of the weight, especially during the for us, for me here in Vermont, it's cooler during December, and therefore it's okay for me to be inside and do a little bit more uh, weight or yoga or Pilates. And then we were talking a little bit about osteoporosis, and Amy said, what do you think about wearing a weighted vest when we walk for osteoporosis, and how much weight is good? Hmm, that is a very good question, and yes. Uh, wearing a weight vest is very good. Um, it doesn't have to be excessively heavy, you know, if you carry, because it all depends, again, of um, how big you are. You can have a weight vest. You can simply carry a backpack 
um, that, uh, you know, would allow you to put different, uh, you know, cam or weight inside. But it, it doesn't have to be excessively heavy. If you put, you could put more and more so that you feel that you're carrying more. But in order to help to prevent the osteoporosis, if you only put, let's say, 10 pounds more, would already make a difference. So it's very good, very good um, suggestion here. Yeah, I guess you could just start off small and then see how you feel because you have to come home. <laughs> <laughs> good, point. good point. You always have those good comments. <laughs> oh. Well, let's see. I think we have another question. Somebody had asked about back pain. So if you have back pain, but you still want to keep exercising and I guess chronic back pain where that's just what's going to be happening to you, what would you yeah, recommend? Yeah, it's something? a little bit more tricky on that. I would recommend first to know exactly what's the cause of the back pain. So, you know, I'm sure that if you say that, you probably have seen your primary care or you've seen somebody, a physical therapist that had tell you what was the back pain because it's hard to say, oh, yeah, go ahead and do exercise. So you got to make sure that you see somebody and maybe they will recommend, you know, to do exercise uh, with a physical therapist to uh, mention what are the exercise that might be the most appropriate for you. So I think this one, you, I, I would be careful just to make sure since I've never necessarily met the person, what is the pain exactly? And um, just to make sure your physician allows you to do the exercise. Well, that's a great answer. We actually interviewed somebody who is an expert in back pain, and, and we'll put a link to that also. He talked about that it does vary with people, even walking, that for some people, it would be important for them to walk, but maybe other people, they may not want to at different exactly. phases of their pains to do that. But this is something that these individual types of questions are the types of questions that people could bring to you at plant-based telehealth so that you could go over their medical record and know their background and maybe give them a little bit advice that's more appropriate for their individual circumstance. Absolutely. And the combination of the plant-based and exercise, easy for people to be confused. So I'll be happy to assist you. I think that eating plant-based helps with recovery. What do you think, Dr. Fontaine? Well, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the book, uh, as an example that talks about all these athletes, uh, kind of define very well how good they feel um, on the plant-based compared to when they were on a regular uh, diet. Their performance is better. They sleep better. Uh, they can perform um, in, in, you know, being um, having better results. Um, and, and just us, just us by being, uh, not being necessarily, a, you know, a professional athlete, I can say that in my recuperation is better. I don't feel as fatigued. So that's huge. It makes such a big difference. Sometimes you like to talk about the different pillars of health. And we've talked to you so many times when you've come on the show about the plant-based lifestyle. Also today, we're talking about the pillar health of exercise. So how does that affect on one of the other pillars of health, which is sleep. You mean the exercise? Ah, it's, you know, it's, it's no question there. And unless you do your exercise, uh, you know, uh, 15 minutes before you go to bed, exercise uh, is uh, part of helping you to get a good uh, pattern of sleep. Um, so I always encourage when I, that's one of the elements that I mentioned to people. I said, listen, if you add the exercise, which of people have difficulty sleeping, the exercise usually will help them with uh, getting a better um, sleep, sleep, easier to fall asleep, 
and usually sleep a little bit longer once they start and having something regular. Good point. You would recommend getting good sleep as far as you be the most effective when you are exercising? Oh, I think that if you exercise, it kind of pushes you to sleep better. You know, you get tired, so it's part of it. It's uh, so I, yeah. I think that, you know, you cannot, you could, but yeah. ideally, you know, once you start exercising, you need more rest and, and the rest allow you to exercise better. So it goes together. Yeah, it does. You're right. Okay. So Jim asks, he said, I sit at work all day. Is a foot pedal exercise effective? I guess that's one of those things that you put under your desk and it's kind of yeah. just, yeah. You know, everything that allows you to move is good. So, you know, as long as you don't do it uh, wrong and, and, you know, create any injury, if it allows you to move, it's good. I mean, it's fantastic for people to have a chance to have a standing table or being able to walk when they're working, fantastic. But that one, perfect. This is what you have and you can move, go for it. We had really a lot of great questions. I'm really happy that the, our audience participated so much today. And if you, any of you guys, if you are listening or watching and whatever you think was a pearl of wisdom that you learned today, if you can type that in the comments, because that helps people in the future when they're looking to see what this video is about. So I really wanted to thank you so much, Dr. Fontaine, for coming. You're just such a joy to have, and you have so much knowledge in so many different areas, and you're just so helpful to me to get this word out about healthy living. So not just a whole food plant-based lifestyle, but just a healthy living in general, which is so important. If you could tell our audience, what would you be your closing comments as far as exercise? What would, what would you want to tell them about that? Get moving. <laughs> it's simple. Just just get moving. I like the idea of the little pedal under his, uh, you know, me, I, I most of the time I do my things on the computer standing uh, and uh, I, part of my day, my exercise is part of my day, just like you. Eventually it becomes a habit and you love it. That's very good advice. So guys, stay tuned for a special announcement. I wanted to also thank someone that's been in the background and that's our engineer, Rebecca from PKA Solves. And she's just been so fabulous helping us posting the comments and doing the camera views and helping Dr. Fontaine. So it's been really great to have Rebecca on. I also wanted to thank Just Tass from Just Tass Voice. She did the countdown and she did all the promos. Just Tass Voice. Tell us who's coming up next. At age 72, Esther went from size 26 to size 6. Esther lost 155 pounds and her husband Ben lost 80 pounds. Learn hacks and tips to stay plant-based while traveling. Join us on Monday, December 20th, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Be Green with Amy live. I'm so glad that all of you were here and watching. And I'm really glad that you came because without you, we can't spread this word. We need the audience participation and we need you to like and share. And I'm really glad that you're here. You're the reason why we're here and want to really spread the word about this lifestyle, not just the whole food plant-based lifestyle, but also about the other pillars of health, including what we talked about today, which is exercise. If you guys want to join me, I'm going to be signing off with Dr. Fontaine with my Be Strong, Be Well, and Be Green. And if you want to type that in the comments, then we can do it all together. Are you ready, Dr. Fontaine? Yes. <laughs> okay until i see all of you guys again remember be strong be well and be green, green. <laughs> bye bye everyone
Now you can listen to Be Green with Amy expert interviews wherever you go. Listen while walking, meal prepping, or traveling. Find Be Green with Amy on Apple, Google, Alexa, Amazon, or virtually anywhere you find podcasts. Be strong.